0: This is a show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. Richard Solomon. we got a great show today. We're going to talk about the serious business of comedy. Yes, this is a co-production of Taking Care of Business, My Father's Place Radio, and Out of the Question. So I got two really funny guys. I got Rob and Scott. All right. So it's Rob Falcone. Yeah. All right. And Scott? Schenlinger. Schenlinger. Okay. A a pleasure to meet you. Nice Irish kid. So you guys are going to be performing at my father's place. Oh, yeah. All right, that's really cool. Part of the Long Island Comedy Festival or just uh, something unique to... Yeah, it's
1: a it's a Long Island Comedy Festival showcase, they're calling it, and uh, it's, I think, the first time they have a comedy at my father's place in a long time.
0: Oh, let's put it this way. I, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the things that I do is I do radio shows and little promotional pieces for my father's place, and I know that some of the comedians that they helped launch included uh, Andy Kaufman, Billy Crystal, George Carlin. Oh, boy.
1: You know, so back I, in the day,
0: you know, uh, I, I, back
1: in the day, my father's place was great. I mean, the music. I used to go see the Good Rats there. Ah, years ago. I, I was
0: just looking up Mickey Marcello's phone number just before the show because I. Well, had, you
1: know, it's funny because Bruce Springsteen used to play there before he was Bruce Springsteen. Like, I mean, you know, before he got uh,
0: big, big. It was known as the Bruce Springsteen Band, and yep. one of the bands he opened for was the Paul Winter Consort. Which yeah, and like,
1: I, I saw Paul with the concert years ago at the old Fillmore East.
0: Wow, now that's a that that's a classic venue. That's uh, you know. A, a, yeah,
1: there's been a few few good groups that played there.
0: I just just <laughs> just a couple. All right, so let's talk about comedy. So first yeah. of all, all right. So what did you guys grow up on? Because I grew up on like you know Milton Berle, George Burns, you know F. True Bugs Bunny, you know the Marx Brothers. I, I thought that really. Gave me a great sense of humor that I don't necessarily see in media today.
1: What, what was? Well, your- you know, I agree with you.
2: Go ahead, Scott. Well, I'm a lot younger than you guys, clearly, because I don't even I know those names vaguely. <laughs> uh, ah, I grew up on. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Bill yeah. Burr, Greg Giraldo, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock. Um, those are more what I grew up on when it comes to comedy. So I can't uh, I can't really speak on what you guys are speaking on at all because I don't uh, I don't know that. Uh, that time
0: i'll give you a um, piece of trivia that has never been revealed to the public many many years ago i used to work for a law firm and greg Geraldo worked with us at that law firm in Manhattan.
1: yeah he used to yeah. be a lawyer yeah, he
0: so there. he worked uh, we, we worked on park avenue and he was one of the people there so so i knew Isn't him ba- way way back but I, but I never knew him as a comedian i only knew him as
1: he was like, a very good one
0: yeah uh i i only knew him as a you know as an office co-worker and, and a, a very nice guy very nice. Well, you know,
1: Richard, there's a lot of believe it or not, I this weekend I worked with two comedians who were lawyers. There's a lot of lawyers that were com- you know, that turned to comedians. So there's hope. <laughs> yeah, there's hope yeah. Well you know what? I think you know what it is? It's they have to get rid of the guilt of being a lawyer so they become comics.
0: Well I'll tell you what.
2: Most of the lawyers are very smart people and uh hard workers. A lot of times comedy takes intelligence and hard work, so you find that uh that drive that is needed for comedy. Well,
1: that's why I'm a lawyer. I used to be a, you know, I used to be a brain surgeon before I got into uh, comedy. Yes. Yeah,
0: you know, I'll tell you one thing. I found that the effective use of comedy is actually phenomenal in trials, but you have to be very careful in how you use it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, but but if it's effective, you could break up a lot of tension. I remember I'll give you two. I could I see
1: that. Could, I could see that. I could see how you could even win a jury over a little bit more when. Uh, you have a little bit of levity, a little bit of, of comedy, because it shows a, co- a kind of personality that you're attracted to.
0: Well, I gave an opening statement for a jury trial last year, and one of the things that I said was Do you know how on television uh, the police come in, uh, they do the forensic investigation, and then after the last commercial, the case is resolved in an hour? I said, That's not happening here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And I said this is going to See, be a, that's great. I said this is going to be a boring dry invoice after invoice he said she said kind of case and it's going to be long we're going to need a lot of patience so it's not like TV but I thought you know I had to do something to become right. personal with the jury other than this is a case about uh, you know
1: that, that's cool though so, yeah ladies and gentlemen of the jury if you're expecting Matt Locks forget it
0: <laughs> right he's booked <laughs> yeah so Scott if you didn't if you didn't grow up with the classic Golden Age of comedy did you ever watch it um, on YouTube or you know uh, the, the, the no, DVD series
2: not, not no? really no. All right, that's it. I got to hang up. I, I, can't, I can't talk to an inexperience like this. I can't say I have watched... I mean, as a kid, you know, I watched whatever was on TV. I watched old Seinfeld stuff. I've watched some old Carlin stuff on DVD and seen the movie King of Comedy and some of those things. But I really... I mean, I saw Marx Brothers or whatever one they did, who was on first, I've seen those DVDs. That's Abbott and Costello, yeah. Abbott and Costello, yeah, same, same thing. Uh, <laughs> or not, clearly. Uh, but... No, I haven't, you know, now, not,
0: no, now, I
2: watch, no, yeah, no. Now,
0: growing up, did you ever go to stand-up shows yourselves as audience members and going, wow, I want to do that?
2: No, I didn't, I don't know, Rob. No, I, I
1: never did. Know. Wow. I wanted to be a comedian, I mean, I was typical class clown in school, never achieved anything, and uh, was brilliantly funny and very uh, 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 clown-oriented and stuff, and everything to me, at the time was I wanted to be a comic so bad that looking at other comics kind of depressed me because I wanted to be there so bad, so I would never go.
0: Now, was comedy, this is for Rob, was comedy your, like, social media? Like, did that help you kind of become a little bit more popular? You know, oh, yeah, well, I and- was the
2: guy.
1: I was the funny guy growing up, yeah, in school. Teachers didn't care for it as much, but <laughs> some did. And in my group of friends, I was the... But believe it or not, and I'm sure this... this this is, uh, you could say this with a lot of comedians that I had some friends of mine that were funnier than I will ever be, but that's just being them, you know. Uh, they didn't do it as a profession. They were just, fun. I mean, we grew up with some funny guys, and it was fun to be around them, and, you know, that kind of atmosphere. That, that, but, you know, I grew up like you, i sure, like you. Yeah, I watched the old Ed Sullivan show. I mean, I grew up with all the great, I had every Bill Cosby album when I was a kid.
0: Well, I'll, you t- know, I'll tell you this. I, I, when I was young, my next-door neighbor said, you've got to come with me to see Buddy Hackett at the Westbury Music Fair. Oh, well, and that's pricey. Let, let me tell you, I laughed so hard that as I was laughing from one joke, I would miss another joke because the, the guy was hilarious. I mean, the guy was oh, just no, hilarious. Buddy,
1: buddy was one of a kind, one of a kind.
0: You know, I mean, they're really, they're really, it was, he was interesting because he kind of came out into the audience a little bit. He was hilarious. He was he no—he no, he used F, non-FCC compliant words, uh, mm-hmm. but but it was okay because it was done in a funny way. Uh, oh, he
1: was—he was the best joke teller. I mean, and storyteller, and dirty, and and so lovable. You know that he was not—he was never threatening, so he could say anything because he was so non-threatening.
0: You know, but but the thing is, he he had. You know, you can actually see him being the voice of a cartoon character too. Even though I think he did that. Um, I mean, they, you know, there were movies. Where- you know, it's funny.
1: You're right. I'm surprised he didn't do more voiceover work. Maybe because he was so distinctive in his voice.
0: But it was his delivery. You know, it was. A-
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I, so so how do you guys practice what you do to see? Like, how do you how do you try out material?
1: I have a. I have a. Small length mirror in the house that I stand in front of, with cardboard cutouts of audience behind me, and uh, I create like a whole, like a little comedy club in my living room with cardboard cutouts of people
2: <laughs> and
1: uh, lights. And because you know, why I have no life, I'm lonely. See, Richard, I'm lonely, and I need a life. No, I'm only kidding.
0: So, so how do you try out new material? You know, and
2: uh, how, do you want to take this, Rob, or me? It's up to you.
0: Let's go, with Scott. How do you try it, New Material? Go ahead, take uh, it, Scott.
2: I do a lot of open mics. You know, you you know, you just sign up, and um, you know, there's no pressure. But now, I just I just do it. It shows. I just you know if it you know uh, I'll just throw it in there, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, something else will work, and they won't remember that it didn't work. I usually. I like to try it in the beginning because, you know, they don't know you yet, so you haven't won them over. So if it works in the beginning, then it will should work, you know, elsewhere. And I just, you know, just try it at shows. Uh, not Usually, if it's, if it's super, super, you know, there's different levels of shows. Like, there's shows that aren't as important, there's certain shows where you're expected to do a certain way, and there's other shows where there's not the same pressure based on pay and all this stuff, so obviously if it's a big show or something like that where I need to do great the whole time, I'm not going to try anything out. I'm going to do what I know works, but, you know, there's shows that aren't all, not all shows are like that, so when it's not a show like that, which a lot of shows aren't, then I just try it out, and the worst that happens is they don't laugh, and then you try it again next time, and then again next time, and again next time, and again, 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 and again, and again, and again.
1: Usually what comics will do is during the week, they'll try to get stage time to work materials. So by come the weekend, when you're doing a more important show, you have it somewhat down and you, you know, you want to enter it into the set. So, you know, you, you, you know, during the week and in showcase clubs, you're doing 10, 15 minutes tops. But you know, when you do a weekend, you might do a half hour. I do 50 minutes to an hour. It's like, you know, so, but in the beginning, that's what you do. You try to get as much stage time during the week, which is usually non-paying shows. And then when it comes to the weekend, you go, oh, okay, good, I got this new bit. I'm going to enter it into the set. And I'm, you know.
0: Now, you know, it's funny. You know, musicians, when they go into a venue in the afternoon, they'll do the sound check. What What's the equivalent for you guys? Because there really isn't like a sound check. There really isn't like a comedy check. No
2: uh, well, well, the- they check the mic and you're done, right? But like, check the but, mic and make sure your fly is up. <laughs> yeah. There's none of that. There's no. That, uh,
1: a, you have to make sure that your fly is up. So that's one check that we have to do.
0: But so, but what do you do to kind of get in the groove and get the feel of of the venue? Um, I
1: it, take a half a Xanax and a big fat joint. But that's me.
2: <laughs> I don't do it. That's anything. just me. I mean, I you know, do it. Just go there and. Do it. But everyone's, I you know, everyone's. That's there's so many people have different ways of uh, approaching how they do it. Some people will look at the room and tailor their set for the room. You know, I might see a room and if they I go to a room and it's all people who are between 20 and 30 or a college where they're 18 or 22 or a room where everyone is over 50, then I know I have a good idea of what not to say, so I won't okay. say what I know not to say. Uh, but that's about all I'll do is if I see a crowd, I might, you know, you can kind of know by stereotyping them. Uh, based on their age and things like that, what they're not going to like, what they're not going to relate to from experience, and you just, I just personally will leave that out. Did, That's I, all I do.
0: Did either, did either of you guys grow up on Carson or Carson reruns or anything like oh, that? Oh, hell
2: yeah. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm 33. Uh, oh, no, he's th- oh, man, I loved it. I grew up on Carson Daily. He has a late <laughs> night show, if that helps. Uh,
1: yeah yeah there's a big age difference between me and Scott. I yeah, grew up on the Tonight Show every
2: night, and yeah, I as a watched, matter of fact, uh, I lo- Leno and uh, Letterman
0: Well, you know what's interesting is is when if a joke didn't really perform well when Carson delivered it. He actually was able to kind of grab the whole moment and still make it funny. Oh, sure. He, whether he would kind of pull the boom mic down and, or he would, you know, kind of like make a remark about the writers. <laughs>
1: so I don't know. There's, sometimes your comeback lines are funnier than what you've said.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right, now, so That only
2: works for, that's, that works in like a show like that where it's quick, you know, he's only doing his little routine for, I'm assuming, five minutes. But if you're doing a long set, you get, you get away with that once or twice. And then they're like, all right, now you're just not funny. So, I mean, it's <laughs> you can do like one or two or three. You know, that
1: that depends on the personality of the comic.
2: Yeah, some people are, uh, they have the Some
1: comics are much more rigid and will not go that direction, you know. Uh, other comics, it's really, it's the personality of the comedian that will get them out of danger when uh, it, a joke fails or whatever.
0: Speaking of personalities,
1: the thing is, not be so damn serious and make fun, make fun of the fact that you know it didn't work.
0: So speaking of personalities, did you guys have anybody in your families that were funny or inspiring in a comical way to you guys growing up?
2: I mean, some my my grandfather was kind of funny, but uh, you know he was silly. I had very
1: funny people in my family. We were Italian, and my father, my mother, my uncles, they were very funny. There was always laughter.
0: Now, do you draw upon that to create some of your humor for today?
1: Well, believe it or not, I think um, it helped me in having my natural timing. Uh, You know, because I was going to tell you something you can't teach comedy, you could teach someone to hone their craft. But you can't, if you're, it's like in music, if you're tone deaf, to get it. And you have to be born with a little bit of of timing and comedy inside you. You can't, you can only hone a talent. You can't teach it.
0: Yeah, I, I actually believe that because it's, 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 it has to be kind of shaped.
1: It, it has to come from the inside.
0: Right, because you have to actually want to do it. And I guess you have to overcome oh, Yeah, it. You have to overcome uh if you're an introvert, I think it's hard to be a comedian because uh, if you're shy. You I don't know, know. Well, that's you know, that's funny you mention that.
2: They're great comedians. You know, it's some people are so shy off stage and you could they won't talk to anyone and then they get on stage and it's like <laughs> that person who stutters all the time and then you see them sing and they don't stutter at all. They have a lit, whatever it is, and it goes away. So with comedy... Yeah, but
1: they can't be taught that. What they come out of their alter ego comes out that's natural that's them
2: that's yeah't
1: them I don't, to be that
2: I can't really speak on uh, I don't know what you know I know that I wanted to do it, but I don't know I don't know if, how that would work I don't know if people I'm sure you can you know you see people go to comedy classes and a lot of times they'll do it because they think they want to do it and then they just stop you know,
0: well uh, a very a very good friend of mine who's been on the show his name is Robert Grayson he hails from australia he he actually teaches comedy his comedy workshops. Um, but I, I probably have the feeling that he has people who are sort of poised already, and it just okay. brings it up.
1: I, I have a feeling it just well, brings you up. you know, I remember that. years ago when I started out uh, and doing the open mics, there were a lot of people there doing the open mics and wanting to become at least a little bit better as far as a comedian, not wanting to do it as a profession, but their businesses sent them to do it because they were salespeople and they were people that dealt with the public. And this would have enhanced their their introvertedness. They would become much more extroverted and much better salespeople and much better PR people and such like that.
2: Yes. Yeah, a lot of people uh, take comedy classes for... Because when I was in college, I created a comedy club and I had them pay for me to take classes at a comedy club. And I remember a lot of people there... Warren didn't want to do comedy at all. They were just there to become better speakers, or whatever it was. Yes, the they enhance public
1: speaking. Yeah, uh,
2: because it gives you the ability to talk to a group of people, and there's a lot of a lot of benefits to it uh, that really help. That's why sometimes you'll meet people that have been like that have been salespeople. Like I know someone who used to be a salesman, and then he got into comedy, and he just had all the skills he had from sales actually worked perfectly in comedy, and it was great for him right. you can also take some of those skills
0: you've
1: had yeah usually have. those people sold ice cream from a little truck
0: <laughs> alright well speaking or of or
1: brushes of, out of a of a valise
0: well speaking of commercial or, breaks uh, we, ha- we have to take a break right here we're with Robin Scott we'll be right back keep it here with Richard Solomon and Robin Scott we'll be right back Hi, this is The Great Thordini. You're listening to Richard Solomon on 88.1 FM WCWP. All right, Richard Solomon laughing it up with Rob and Scott, the Long Island Comedy Festival. They're going to be at my father's place. We're, so we kind of had, you know, during, see, during the intermission while we're doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, you kind of miss some of the funny stuff because these guys are actually September kind September of, 14th. That's September right, 14th. September 14th at my father's place. But if you're hey, listening to hey. this in the future, which is... Past September fourteenth, two thousand eighteen. This may be history, but then maybe they'll be back, so you can catch this. Uh, you know, like that. It's like what Jackie Mason says. How does this work? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so you you were saying that before this is Rob. You were saying that before you were a comedian, you were an actor.
1: Yes. So let's I talk about that. Acting first.
0: Okay. And so, how did acting arise in your life? How did it come about?
1: Well, you'll you'll never believe it, but it's the truth. I was roadieing for my friend's band at the time. And we were in his rehearsal studio on 8th Avenue in Manhattan.
0: Was that the music building? Yeah. I I represent the music building, so that's pretty funny.
1: Well, my my friend, my very, very dear friend, you might even know of him, his name is Mickey Lee. He was Joey Ramone's brother. We grew up Ah, with the Ramones.
0: Wow. I, I interviewed Monty Melnick, their tour manager.
1: Monty Melnick, yes. the road manager, of course. Yes. I know Monty.
0: Well, he, he wrote a book called On Tour with the Ramones, and he was nice enough yep. to sit down with yep. me. Yeah, yeah.
1: But anyway, Mickey, when I was sitting in the rehearsal studio after rehearsal that day, and they were sharing the studio with another band, and the drummer of the band said, I'm also, I he said, are you an actor? And I always answered Yes. <laughs> And he said, you know, I'm, I'm in the band from Tony and Tina's wedding, and they're casting right now, and you'd be a ringer. I said, really? And with a little coaxing from Mickey, because I, I was a little afraid still, and he said, now's your time. And I auditioned for it on a Wednesday, and I was in the show on Saturday.
0: Wow. That's pretty wow. Cool. Yeah.
1: And I never looked back after that.
0: So then, what led to what? So you started with Tony and Tina's wedding. and then: Yeah, and
1: then I started and then I started doing open mics and I started becoming a stand-up, but I kept my acting career still going very well. So I, I'm, I do both. I just finished shooting uh, the Deuce on HBO. I'm in an episode of the next season.
0: And And what kind of acting jobs do you always, do you like to do? Or like I have a friend Jack.: well, that- I've,
1: done, I've, I've done pretty much I've done a lot of commercials. I've been on all the cop shows, I've played every kind of cop there is, Blue Bloods and all that jazz, and uh, I've done everything from cab drivers to cops to, you know, uh, it's funny because as a comedian, most of my roles have always been dramatic.
0: That's hysterical. Now, when you did, you did Law and Order, right? I did
1: Law and Order Criminal Intent.
0: All right, then you probably filmed at 60 Center Street, which is where, you know, they they filmed no criminal the,
1: intent was being filmed on the pier.
0: Oh no, but the outside scenes. You know the outside scenes when they were on the steps. Mine was all game. indoors because ah, they, they they film a lot at 60 Center Street where all the lawyers go. So I a lot wouldn't of times, doubt it. Sure. Yeah, a lot of times when we go to court, you know, we, you have to go around the set. You know, court on the set, you can't do this. You gotta go around. You know, it's you know it's kind of funny because. uh you know, you'll see oh, I
1: love that, that atmosphere. You, you know. Oh, yeah.
0: And the thing is, the 60 Center Street Court is a really old court. It's just old. Yeah. It's old-looking. And I know That's that they use... That's a lot use, of character. They use the... There's like a ceremonial courtroom, I think. It's in three, the room 300. It's a big, big, spacious room with some nice artwork in the back, but it's a very big room. And I know that right. they filmed some stuff in there. So, yeah. So... Now, Scott, did you... Have you done any acting?
2: No. I mean, I, I was... Uh an extra in, like, two shows, but never did any acting. I uh, know. Uh, Sorry.
0: Now, do you have any aspirations to be an actor?
2: Uh, no. It's no, okay. no. no. I mean, I always fantasize about being a, you know, a super movie star. Every so often when the Oscars are playing, I imagine winning the Oscars, even though I never acted in anything. I still imagine winning. The yeah, and, uh, you know, and
1: Scott looks great in a tuxedo because yeah, he's it's, got it's black hair and a, like, a, but, a uh, nice dark I mean, beard. But
2: that, you know, I could say, oh, I want to be, you know, I would, but I've never done it, so I never took the So it would be unfair for me to say I want to be an actor without putting any of the work in to be an actor. It's a hard, it's hard work. But well, so, no.
0: Now, is it, is, it, is it achievable to be a full-time comic and earn a decent enough living?
2: Achievable? Yes.
0: Okay. Cause, cause I don't know
2: a to... decent enough living is, though, in your book um as a lawyer uh i don't know it's, it's decent i it's possible to be a comedian and make six figures it is not out of the realm right, of possibility um to make but to make you it, could do cruise ships do cruise ships you know and then uh, But but it's very it's not easy i would say um a lot of people that i know that have made good money at comedy they do something with TV or something like that they'll do special but people can do it but I don't it's
0: hard that, do, you, do you guys hard. have your own websites not Not Facebook or social media but actual dedicated
1: yeah, websites I, yeah. what's your
2: yeah, website I do. mine yeah com.
0: alright it's F-A-L-C-O-N-E mhm just for the people driving okay alright mine
2: and, is superhilarious.com is that right it is right
0: oh cool yeah. Right. Uh,
2: you just have to
1: Google my name and a whole bunch of junk will come up.
0: All right.
2: Yeah, but it's not good junk. Don't, don't read into all the <laughs> other articles you see about Hey, listen, I paid good money to get that
1: junk on there.
0: You know, there's Reputation Defender, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, come on. I, you know, it wasn't easy to get these credits. I paid a lot of money.
0: Now, as far as the competition from other media sources... YouTube, satellite radio, I don't know television. Do you find that that makes it harder for to get people to pay more attention to you, or does it prime the pump and people want to see good, funny people live and in person? Where where does that? What is well, that? Well, I lead? think
1: what it does is I think it helps a mute a, a young comedian today has a great deal of venues that. He doesn't need to have anybody uh, okay it. He could just go and showcase his work on all of these channels, and you could pretty much sell yourself a lot easier today than you used to be able to. You know, today you could, you know, you could put your stuff out on YouTube. You could put your stuff out on, and you know, promote yourself. And you got the podcasts, and you got all of these things that gets you out into the media a lot easier. When I was starting, when I was doing comedy, you know, we didn't have any of that. You had a VHS tape that you sent to somebody and you hoped they looked at it and not taped a football game over it.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, and uh, so I think it's really, you know, for young comedians, because that's the whole key to be successful in comedy is you're, when you're young, when you're in your 20s and early 30s. You'll never see... A comic in his forties go on the Tonight Show or any of the late shows and say, "This is my first time." You know, uh, it's a young career to, to, to grab. You could maybe get through it in the back door, but you know, the media, the networks—they're looking for new, young comedians. They might necessarily have to be funny, but because nobody knows what's funny anymore, that's perfect example is what's being shown. And, uh, but I think it, I think it makes a young comedian, uh, a lot easier to sell himself with all of the media and all of the stuff.
0: Now, I don't yeah, know I would, have, I would agree
2: that, uh, the new, all the new forms of media, new ways to get your name out makes it a lot. It's different competition, though, because anyone can do it and it can be hard to be found, but to my knowledge, you, used, you know, and I'm pretty, I think I'm correct that you need like you said somebody had to put you on tv to get you to the next level or put you somewhere now you just put yourself you make exactly up online exactly. You, uh, people are making you know i don't know if you consider com you know as a but people make very good money now just having you know just instagram people are making a living just having instagram posts podcasts yeah. people are making a living off of or supplementing livings, and they're becoming names and YouTube and then there's characters. it's obviously different you know it's a different way. you know they might be, get, become big before they're comedian te- you know that's you know, like you said, it's all you, you know, know today, the, because of
1: what today what you could do on a computer today, even in the film industry, now young filmmakers are able to set up their own editing and I mean they could make some incredible independent films. You know, without having to, uh, you know, deal with a lot of the business end of it, they're, 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 they're creating and they're putting it out there. And it's the same thing with comedy. Like Scott says, you could, you could do a comedy set in a club, put it out on YouTube, promote yourself, put it out on all the other venues. And if it's good, people will, you know, you can't hide good comedy. You know, a lot of these comics don't realize that they're not funny. That's why they only have so many hits and whatever. Well, you know, and when there's talent, it's going to show. It's going to come forth, and it's going to be recognized.
2: Or just something that young kids like that they'll, you know, that advertisers can jump onto because that's...
1: What yeah, mean. well, I think young people today, though, is a little ridiculous. I mean... You know, don't eat detergent pods. Don't sniff,
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> cinnamon. I think they've, they're, uh, I think that's passed. I don't know. Uh, I yeah, think now what
1: they're doing is jogging alongside them. their car while it's yeah, moving.
0: A,
2: yeah, that's new. <laughs> well, it's well, always something new and stupid. <laughs> one thing one yes, I've I I mean,
0: noticed, noticed is that the...
2: I mean, stupid stuff that we did was
1: sneak into somebody's pool at night in the summertime, you know, but... Today, so they take it to a
2: whole internet. different medium. On the internet, you would, they would have been doing the same stupid stuff. They just didn't have the chance. It's just uh, but well,
0: one that's thing,
2: my generation, though. I'm not, I'm not that generation. That's the younger generation than me.
0: What, one thing I've noticed is that, at least on the television I remember seeing long ago, there were an army of comedians. You know, you had Lucy, Lucille Ball, and the Lucille Ball show was funny. And Carol Burnett was funny. And you know you had the Dean Martin roast, and you had Carson, and 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 they were genuinely funny without brutalizing people or politicizing. Oh, stuff. they
1: we had the best, the best.
0: And and that seems to have truly disappeared. Why? Yep. have we just become an angry country? Is that the?
1: No, well, you know, it's. I, I think it's. Just like any generation that changes, they don't want to be like the last one. They want to be new, and they want something that they feel they invented, and that it's their style. And
2: yeah, I agree. You so. know, just people. You know, of, uh, but you know what?
1: But what that and- is the one thing you can't touch is the simplicity of comedy, and you start screwing around with that, it's not funny. And the topics that I see young comedians use, the, 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 there's no delivery, there's no... And you know what? They'll call me a hack because I have the delivery and the, and the jokes and they're funny. You know, it's so sad that only another comedian calls another comedian a hack. Yeah, they, uh, An audience person never will call a, a comic a hack because they're usually laughing.
2: Yeah, comics can be a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of times with insecurity, though. I think I can't speak on everyone, but I think a lot of times people they just you know if someone does well and they're not doing well, sometimes you just feel a little bit you know insecure and they might lash out. I can't speak on everyone on that, but uh, I can agree. Well, it's there. Is there defense
1: mechanism.
2: Yeah, could, you know I can't. I but I do agree with him that you know the younger generation is just it's, you know it's something that's been done. They want something new. But then again, you know, look at fashion. You know, it gets finished, and then something new comes about. But then a couple of generations later, the new thing is something that was from before. And it becomes, and it comes back around, and it's just, and everything's so, the Internet's so new. People are being just thrown so much stuff in their face now. So it becomes more and more difficult because you're becoming desensitized. uh, Well,
1: yeah, I I think that you take an old comedian and put him in a comedy club today, he probably won't do well. You put a younger comedian in a club today, to me, if you're making that audience laugh, then you're doing your job. And that's the key thing. No matter what you are, no matter how old you are, when you walk out onto that stage, those people want to laugh. If you make them laugh, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing.
2: So, and there's just a lot of different audiences now also. So, you know, like I said before, like if I'll see an audience, I'll know, I have an idea of what not to do. Like, you can literally, it's not like, it's not usually things, that universe, some things are just, people say funny is funny. That doesn't really, the people don't relate. If you don't relate to something, you don't relate to something. If you can't bring someone to your world because they just don't relate to you, which happens, because a lot of us are just so culturally different, income, race, whatever it is, just where we grew up, and you just can't put yourself in someone else's shoe. And uh, and maybe there's a few people that are so talented they can put anyone in their shoes and make them. But realistically, it's so, just there's certain rooms and certain audiences that you see such a huge difference. You can go to certain like very hip areas in Brooklyn and have a completely different audience than you know somewhere in Long Island or somewhere in Harlem you know you just get completely different audiences where the same jokes might work one place they won't work at all and it's just they just don't relate to you they don't have nothing to do with you it's just I don't get this it doesn't it's like watching a movie that someone your nine-year-old might or seven eight-year-old might find hilarious and you're like I don't get it and there's just things that they have you know that they think are funny now and they they relate to for through their experiences that
1: yeah, but unfortunately those people are not working anywhere. Those little sets that they do on Thursday nights and and these showcases and and they they're making their, their own type of the kind of people that they hang out with laugh. They they're not going anywhere. If you look at the comedians that are successful today. It's because of they they ha- they do have that quality that is necessary. Jim Gaffigan, uh, all of these comics that are that you know Bill Burr. You look at they're real funny. Their uh, their material is good, and they have a style that is that will project out to the masses. And there's 92 million little clubs that open up that do comedy at nights, and these people that are attracted to them. And that are doing comedy, they're doing it there because they'd never be able to work in a real comedy club.
2: I guess I don't know. I think if you go to a place and people, you know, it's just there's different markets for things. You know, there's there's certain restaurants we like and you know you don't I don't call one restaurant not a restaurant and then the other restaurant a real restaurant because I like it more. It's really just people have restaurants they like, you know, some people you know, love fine dining, and they think McDonald's is disgusting, and then some people love McDonald's, and they think, you know, some fine dining is disgusting. They're both restaurants. People are paying to go to them. People are enjoying them. It's just different markets for different people. And then there's those people that are incredible that can or there's people that can go from multiple markets. It's, you know, it's a huge <coughs> – comedy is huge in certain sense. It's huge in the sense it can be there's so many different markets with the Internet and everything. There's just so many different places that you can perform and also, at the same time, sell few places.
0: Well, wait, wait, wait. we have to take a quick break, but I'm going to ask you this question on the, on, the, on the other end of the break. And the question will be at the end of the break. Our comedians okay. for to hang out. Is this the last break? No, this is the last break right now. So we'll be right okay. back. We're, we're at superhilarious dot com, Rob Falcone, but F A L C O N E dot com, and we'll be right back. Richard Solomon, take care of business. My Father's Place Radio, and out of the question. We'll be right back. This is Russell Hitman Alexander from the Hitman Blues Band, and you are listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. Richard Solomon, welcome you back to a funny hour of radio. I got Rob and Scott with me from the Long Island Comedy Festival, who will be appearing at my father's place in the village of Roslyn at, uh, at, the, at the Roslyn Hotel, and uh, their websites are Rob. Falcone.com, pronounced Robfalconi.com and SuperHilarious.com. So uh, check them out. I, I'm just enjoying the heck out of this uh, Super show.
2: Hilarious Lee. Oh
0: superhilarious Lee. No, no, I'm kidding. L E E
2: and then e. Super <laughs> hilarious. Lee. Okay. All right.
0: So Rob you had an un- you had a dangling participle or something that we didn't. Well finish. yeah, I just
2: wanted
1: to sum it up when you asked about can you make a good living, can you make a living in comedy? See, that's the whole thing. If I set out to want to make a living in comedy, and when you take uh, that kind of approach to make a living in comedy, you have to get more serious, you have to develop an act, you have to, there's a, you know, there's all of these little places that open up that do comedy, but the people in them are pretty much just satisfying their own need to want to go, you know, do stand up. They're not pursuing a career in comedy because you'll never get it that way.
0: So, so the question is: Is it if you're the king of your own neighborhood, is that good enough?
1: I guess it's well. In order to make a living in comedy, you have to be pretty versatile. You have to be very funny, and you have to uh, appeal to the masses, not just to a a certain clique that lives in uh you know, Brownsville or, you know, I only oh, I'm only funny in Harlem or I'm only funny in, you know See, you know, I I could only do redneck, you know, like even even comics that have a character that they play like Larry the Cable Guy and all of these they 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 reach out to the masses. That's how they fill the seats. Yeah. You know, they're not so uh, restricted to just doing, you know, oh, I'm so dark. You know, a lot of comics, they want to be dark. They want to be, oh, I'm so cool and I'm so this. And it's not funny, though. That's the only sad part about it. Well, Andy
0: Kaufman was dark and he would fight with people. You know? I
2: don't Andy know to- Kaufman oh, no, was a yeah, no. you know. king of that. Those are always the best of the best. For all the best, there's so many that aren't
1: the best. But, you know, you're talking about a time where his dark. Was just incredibly funny. It was satire. It was oh,
0: know, but it was dark. Uh, yeah, it was dark. People that are still
1: dark and still, I mean, but the whole Well, I don't know if you could call an, Im- an imitation of of Elvis Presley dark. Yeah, thing like, Or oh, mouthing yeah. the words of of Mighty Mouths.
0: No, not about that. But know? like when he would actually fight with people, <laughs> you know,
1: that was. Well, no. How about this? How about the fact that he had his partner used to be set up in the audience to to heckle him. So he could have a fight, and he would go. He he would like to take. He would like to test the envelope. He would like to take it to another place. And he and it was, but it was all choreographed. It was all, you know, his mind was a genius.
2: Yeah, but the living turn is such a, you know, like I said, it's all, and, and, you know, it's it's such a. I, you know, I, I, I. It's such a, you know, when you say living, people, everyone interprets that so differently. Some people say, if I make a hundred, you know, thirty thousand dollars, I I know people that would say thirty thousand dollars is enough to live on. Lots of people. I mean, I don't think. I think the average income in this country, I think middle class is forty thousand dollars, but other people, you know, say a hundred thousand. Well, a comic
1: is like an artist. You might not make much money, but you have to do it. Comedy isn't something that you choose to do. You have to do it. It's an addiction it, it and that's, uh, that, a, a very that's how it is to it. you don't care that you've got holes in your shoes, you got a stage time you got you got dates in your calendar you got you know and you know that's that comic comics are that's weird
2: why, like he said that's you know that young man's game is that when you're young, it doesn't matter if you don't have money, but once you get to that certain age, it's you know
1: well yeah, and if you haven't made it at a certain age, you're really not going to make it.
2: Very, you know, you very, it's true. you how many people I, uh, you know, of uh, Roddy Dangerfield, I think, made it when he was older, and uh, yeah, but we're
1: also talking
2: back in the 70s, yeah, and then the, the, the triple would be Mike <laughs> Di Stefano, who you know passed away. He, he, I believe, started at an older age and you know made it, but it's, it's, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't, you know, I can only speak, I'll well, see. you know, if you
1: know, this is something that. Always took place, though. I mean, even Johnny Carson had the new, fresh comedians that were coming yeah, up the ranks sells, on the shows.
2: You know, it sells. You know, with the advertising, there's are, nothing wrong do. with that. That's yeah. what it. You know, that's it's busy. Watch a movie. Watch a movie. You see all these young people. You know, they're all young and is this a certain? Thing. It's it's a lot of it's casting. What they like to sell. It's, you know, it's just what it is. Well, well the,
1: what they're selling today is 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 a, you know, like to me, one of the greatest TV shows. Sitcoms was Barney Miller. Oh. I mean, and you look and you look at the casting of that compared to the way they cast a the sitcom today. It's so it's so pathetic today. Everybody looks like they they work for you know uh, Ford agency, and 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 it's not real, you know. And I mean, I have never seen so many absolutely stunning police female police you know, officers on TV. Thing.
2: I don't watch too much. I do watch TV, but, I you know, I watch a lot of, you know, Netflix shows and things, which I've seen Rob and many. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, a lot of times you see these ridiculous, where it's just, you sometimes you watch a movie and you will just like, oh, these people are pretty. And that's what, yeah. you know, casting. I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a cat. I don't know, but it seems like a lot of times they just want someone who's just easy. It's shallow.
1: It really is
2: shallow. Let me just, I can put him there, because, you know, they don't want to do the work, like everyone. You only want to do so much work, and so it's, uh...
1: Well, you know, it's the dollars and cents. Today, it's not about how good the script is. How much money can we make on the return of this thing? You know, let's put somebody big in it, and we don't care how bad the script is, it'll sell.
2: But I would say, if you're trying to get a comedy, you usually don't want to get in it for the thought of money. Because if you do get money... No, in the beginning, get you don't. ...right away, and it's a lot of times is isn't that much. Sometimes it could be nice... But it's definitely for that love of Usually any comic
1: that starts out money is the last thing they're thinking about. It's just that they wanted to never
2: thought about money and you know, and I, you know I, 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 obviously nice and needed, but I
0: I assume there's a tremendous amount of travel and schlepping.
1: Yes. Sometimes. Yeah, I used to travel a lot in the early days.
0: And would you like crisscross the country the whole bit?
1: Yeah, we got Ohio, Pittsburgh, North Carolina,
2: Florida um I went to all the way up to Buffalo I I once drove right before Ohio wherever like at the tip of Pennsylvania near Ohio um I'm assuming near Ohio cuz I there was radio stations from Ohio there it was like an 8 hour drive and then drove back that night you know I, you know you do those one nighters where um, oh man I thought I would never do that yet. yeah that was you know I had something the next day and I had no choice but you know it's it's tough when you especially if you're alone it's lonely you know and uh
1: And then, of course, there's Vegas. You know, there was always some good places in Vegas to play.
2: Yeah, Vegas. I I didn't do... I performed in Vegas once, but it was it some random thing. And I know Vegas used to be... And it still has some big shows there, but it used to be like a big, big...
1: Well, I know comics today that, I mean, literally go all over the country because there are these chains of comedy clubs that they work for that are located in all the states. And, I mean, these guys are making incredible livings.
2: Yeah, you get okay. one of those, a couple of those things, and they have tons of rooms, and you make your, you know, you know, whatever it is, a weekend, that's, you know... It well,
1: a lot of these stuff. clubs, a lot of these clubs on the road usually are, like, from Wednesday to Sunday, or usually, it's not just usually a Friday and Saturday, a lot of them bring you in for, like, you know, uh, Thursday it's, to you know, Sunday, or doing? Thursday to Saturday, it's almost a week.
2: You're basically a truck driver, and the product you're, you know, delivering is yourself. You know, I, years ago, I met this comedian that drove around in a
1: converted step van, like an old UPS truck type of thing. <laughs> right. And he, and he had it all fixed up. And it was so funny because a lot when you go on the road, you get a hotel room. Usually, you know, they, they supply you with a hotel room. And he wouldn't take the room. he just asked him for the electric hookup so he could stay in his truck.
2: That's pretty funny.
1: But he would go, he would live out of his truck. He would do one-nighters to, to where he would get to his next show for the weekend. And, I
2: mean, mainstream. I don't know where he is now, but oh my God. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a, you know, like a band would do.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking speaking of bands, do you do you, have you guys ever opened for musicians?
2: I have, yes. <laughs> I went on tour with my cousin's band and they went across the country and I opened for them on a couple of shows. And, uh, that's tricky. That's tricky. You, you know, like his shows, they were like on like showcases with lots of other bands. So it was in between bands because music is at a different level. I've gone to comedy shows. I've gone to music shows where there was a comedian before when I saw Frankie Valley in Westbury like two years ago or something. There was a comedian before and it worked perfectly. That's like a good audience for a comedy show because they're calm. They're not like drunk and rowdy. You know, they're older and they're patient. Um, but if you go to like a rock show, it can be very difficult because they don't care, they're drunk. Oh boy. And they don't want to hear That's you at
1: all. Word. You know, it's funny because Scott just answered what comics will face. Like your audience is gonna make is gonna let you know if you're you know, if you're good for them. And when you go to a, a rock show and try to be funny in front of them, man, is that the worst, like the wrong audience.
2: Yeah, they just because it's a different energy. Music is high, like, louder. You don't need to pay attention to music either. You do not need to yeah. pay attention to a rock show. You just listen and dance to the music, and you can have a side conversation. It's, it's so, it, it's, the comedy needs your full attention. You just If you aren't listening, you miss a part of it. It's ruined. They're not funny. They don't like you. Shut up. Go away. Bring on the band. No. So, it takes a lot Usually, fight. they're, they're
1: just, You know, I remember when I used to go to concerts, Sometimes we wouldn't even sit in the seat until the main, you know, band came out. The opening bands never got the attention paid to them because you were there to see, like the Almond Brothers or whoever it was. And comics will open up for a, a, a big band. The people just want to hear the band. They don't want, you know, they don't want to hear the comic. They, you know, we're just like filler.
0: So in the few minutes that we have left, because this is a blazing fast show, are comedians fun to hang out with? Like if you're in the green room and, you know, there's a bunch of you guys. Is it fun to hang out with you guys, or is everybody just so kind of... I
2: tell you Rob is very fun to hang out with, and most of them are usually very fun to hang out with.
0: You
1: know, I'm going to tell you something, and this is, a, this is right from the heart, this is the truth. The Long Island comedians are absolutely wonderful with each other. They, they are so supportive to each other, and... When you go and work out one of the comedy clubs in Long Island and like it's like a during the week where there's like six or seven comics on the show, the, the, you only wish that they would tape the green room because of the hilarity that goes on. And everybody is absolutely wonderful.
0: It is. Well, there's always nanny cams.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, no, there, is, there is the camaraderie. So with Long Island comedians that I think are, is absolutely fabulous. I mean, it really is. It's really great. The comics
2: are just, you know, sometimes comics can be very depressed. That is part of comedy. There are a lot, There's a lot of depression. But a lot of comics that are fun. That you poke fun at each other. You just have a good time, and you're hanging out with people. Yeah, but see, I I tell,
1: the, I tell those comedians that they have yet to discover the bar.
2: <laughs> and,
1: you know, this is why you get, I say you're depressed because you're not drinking. You're a comic. You need to have an, a, a drinking problem. And then both of them work together beautifully. So, just make sure you take the bus home.
0: Yeah, so, so, yeah. so I, I ask musicians all the time, where do songs come from? So where do jokes come from? How do you invent a joke? Is it you just live life and you carry a pad with you and things like that?
1: I mean, well, can- I pray to the comedy gods.
0: Did they answer? Did they answer?
1: <laughs> well, I leave a note under my pillow. I leave a blank piece of paper under my pillow at night. I say a prayer. I wake up and there's material underneath my pillow. Yes.
0: You sure that's not Amazon Prime?
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, I would say like he says, same thing. It just uh, experience, but everyone's it different. It comes to you. I can't speak.
1: You know where I write most I'm of my... You know where I write my best material? In the shower. And I'm driving to a gig. Is that right? And I'm sitting in traffic, or I'm just... Or it's like an hour or two drive, and I'm in the car. I think of that's that. That, and when I'm watching TV at home, I think of it. I, I can't sit down and write comics. Yeah, I...
2: Can't. I have
1: to get an idea in my head, and then I take it from there. I, the seed is planted, and then I make it grow.
0: So... Yeah, I
2: need to... I have an idea, and then I just bring it to the stage and work it out on that on the stage and bomb it until it's good. And then you just have to choose where you can bomb. And then, you know. but You know, funny know it's funny with a comedy tonight. joke.
1: A comedy joke is so crucial that you could start working something out, and you damn well know it's funny. You just can't seem... It doesn't seem to work yet. And all of a sudden, one night, you might say it with one different word. And all of a sudden, it just comes together. And it's just, that's how, it's amazing how it's just, you you know, you believe that it's funny, but you haven't yet got the words right. And once that happens, and sometimes it'll happen uh, without you even knowing it, when you're on stage, it'll come out of you one night that way. And you go, oh my God, there it is. That's it. I just got it. I just got it.
0: Now, do you guys yeah. tape your stuff so that you can listen to yourselves afterwards?
1: No, I don't watch myself on on acting, and I don't listen to myself on comedy.
0: What about you, Scott?
2: I try to. I am not as good as I should be, but I do try to because sometimes I'll listen to something from a while ago, and then I'll be like, oh, my, I didn't even remember doing that. That's so funny. You know, I really, you know, I... The only time uh, I watch... I,
1: I li- okay. Go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry.
2: Well, that was it. That was all I was saying. Yeah.
1: The only time I watch my stand-up is uh, one time to see what it is and to upload it onto YouTube or whatever. But yeah. I don't continually say watch my stuff.
0: All right. We're, we're at the lightning round because we only have uh, 90 seconds. What do All you guys... Right. What you I meet guy...
1: George Goble in the, in the center square.
0: <laughs> so what do you guys listen to on the radio on the way to a gig? Scott, you go first.
2: Uh, I listen to Amazon Prime Music. And uh, I usually listen to the hip hop um, elites, even though I don't really listen to rap music. When I'm in the car alone, <laughs> I'll listen to rap music. But I mostly listen to pop and, and, like, you know, you know rock and oldies and stuff like that. But in the car, it's rap music for whatever
0: reason. All right. Hey, Rob, what do you listen well, to? Well,
2: this is, this is good because I will never do a road gig with Scott. <laughs> Not when I'm with other people, I wouldn't do that to them. I would listen to what they like.
1: Uh, my favorite radio station is because I'm an old WNEW and WLIR guy, so I like FUV.
0: That makes sense,
1: and especially on Saturday nights when you're coming home, and Friday nights at eleven, they got the dead the dead hour. And I also love classical and jazz.
0: All right, beautiful. All right, with that, that's a wrap. So, uh, robfalcone dot com, F A L C O N E, pronounced Falcone. Yep. And yeah, superhilarious.com, although some people say superhilariously.
2: The E <laughs> <laughs> in the super part. Exactly. S-U-P-E, super <laughs> so,
0: so catch these.
2: Scotty, you, you could always start calling
1: yourself Scotty instead of Scott, and it will have the E at the end. Oh, that's true. Exactly. Tom, Tom. Scotty scotty you're named after a seafood restaurant
0: or a star trek guy all right so with that we'll see you all in a week guys hang on for some post-production stuff hey Richard, i'm looking forward to meeting you buddy i can't wait i'll see you all at my father's place at the Roslin hotel and for all you out there keep laughing because you know 8 p.m 8 p.m don't be late all right see you next week